Moving into the barriers, Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man. Set and underway for Moody on the mic. Another week, another episode of Moody on the mic. Another group on Saturday too. I'm Roger Aldridge. Joining me as always, Peter Moody, the resident Rain Man. No Mytho just yet. We do imagine that he will join us at some point um, this episode. Uh, Moody, he had one go around in the first that you trained that got beaten at a pretty Pretty short price. So as he cracked the sads completely, throwing the toys out the kite, do we think he'll come on? He's probably not talking to me, but I've got no doubt in the world he will come on, Rod, because his best bets got up for two weeks in a row. So he's going to be patting himself on the shoulder and patting himself on the head. Uh, yeah, I got a dollar seventy or a dollar eighty pop beat for him in the first at Sandown. I think it had every chance, but that's beside the point. So he's probably a little bit sad on me, but uh, he's had a big week, Mitho. Uh, but uh, Listen, what terrific racing. Blue Diamond week. Uh, Blue Diamond coming up on Saturday at Caulfield. Three group ones. Good racing last weekend. And uh, it's really starting to hot up Sydney and Melbourne, isn't it? It certainly is. And uh, not only do we have group one racing, the Moody Coleman stable has got one of the top picks in uh, big races. In fact, a lot of runners going around at Caulfield on Saturday moods. And Ray Man, are you happy enough with Moods' appearance this week um, to suggest that Nisa has a big chance in the diamond. It doesn't look as crisp as he usually does in a group one Saturday, but I wish I wins going around. No, he certainly doesn't. Uh, I, I'd like to think the uh, Moods might be having a shave before the end of the week, maybe get the head in the old uh, shiner ball, because no, based on if we're just using this metric, and we've had pretty, plenty of success for it in the past, I, I think if we're just using this metric, Moods won't be winning a group one this weekend. But there's still a bit of time to go till Saturday. Hopefully he uh, does... Have a good hard look in the mirror and uh, sorts himself out because we'd love to see uh, a Group 1 Blue Diamond with the Moody Coleman name next to it. I reckon I will have a little polish up. Uh, I was just having a look. It's getting a bit rough. Uh, getting the hair and the head starting to get in my eyes and everything. So I reckon I will have a bit of a polish up for you before the weekend, Rain Man, and uh, give ourselves every chance to win a Blue Diamond on Oakley Plate. That's what we like to hear. Let's do the double. Why not? Why not? Although I'd take a maiden at Bansdale at the moment. <laughs> aside from the group one speaking of cleaning up cleaning up the farm uh was your task last week moods a how is it going and b i don't know how you managed to tweet 20 stubbies in that you did when i opened up uh x or formerly known as twitter on sunday morning i saw this 20 stubbies in midnight saturday night after a day on the chainsaw just saw a replay of the great Bo rogue at sandown mrc committee and Members, please use these memories. Save and return to the great days. Best track in the land. Make it work. A, not only were you able to sweep 20 stubbies in, B, it made sense and was a very valid point. I, if I was 20 stubbies in, would be in emergency, uh, if not dead already, and after five stubbies, generally put the phone away. And the thing I was most proudest of, Rog, was my uh, containment of my colourful language that I usually use at such hours. So I was extremely proud and Gave myself a pat on the back next morning when I did read it myself. But uh, no, a big day on Saturday, or actually Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. A lot of trees down, a lot of fences down on the farm. So uh, aside from track work hours, the rest of the daylight hours were taken up cleaning up around the farm. And we just about got it done and waiting for a few contractors to come in and do a bit of fencing and everything. But more importantly, all livestock and all people were safe. Uh, just the structural damage, the house and the sheds were good, but uh, plenty of fencing to be done over the next few weeks when uh, time and contractors do allow. But uh, 
plenty of people less fortunate than myself, but uh, we lived to fight another day. I think we went five days without power. That was a pain in the ass. I got a. I woke up on uh, Sunday morning with multiple text messages saying, "Have you seen Moods' tweet?" And obviously, that sent a shiver up my spine, thinking, <laughs> "What's he done this time?" People, it's a. It's basically a race of people. They know it stresses me out, so they they really take great delight in stressing me out about uh, Moods' tweet. But open up, I thought, bang on what you said. First off, no swearing was the, probably the biggest upset of the lot. Secondly, uh, I thought it was very well written. And uh, thirdly, I think he makes an extremely valid point. So, no, I, was, uh, I, I went back to bed quite happy uh, after that one. So uh, I appreciated that. I don't have to rely on text messages from other people anymore. I actually have an alert whenever Moods tweets. Uh, I only have alerts set for two people. Moods is one of them. Uh, just in case there's any fight that needs to put it out or a text message that needs to be sent to say, Peter, maybe delete that one just to save uh, save some skin. But, uh, no, it was, it was very, very good. And... Um, you know what else was good about the weekend was that we managed to find some winners last week too, Moods. You and Mitho gave a very good push for Riff Rocket in the CS Hayes. Talked me into it. Uh, race I wasn't keen on betting in. And, um, geez, he won handily. He looks a very nice horse, the VRC Derby winner of last year. We're bullish on Fangirl. She was sensational winning the Apollo. Rayman, just FYI, Cascadian came in last, if you're wondering if he'd finished yet. Uh, I know it was a great on, last, um, though, Rog. Watch the replay. It was yep. a great last. It was one of the best lasts no. we've seen. Did he, does it pay for last? Uh, I know my fantasy football. Uh, um, Cascadia will be winning a race this time, Rog. You watch out. Ladbrokes might have put a money back offer on if you backed the horse that ran last. <laughs> bit, bit like the Melbourne Cup sweeps. Yes, no no credit to any of us for uh, finding Imperatrice, who, of course, she is just an out-and-out superstar, the way she won the lighting, gutsy as it comes. Um, Samana, my best, won the Triscay. But, yes, Mitho will let him take the victory lap. He got um, he got Mullane up for uh, the Moody on the mic list. It's 20 minutes before the jump was at a very nice price. And then I think the faithful of the podcast stepped in and went, uh, Wooshka, I'd imagine it might have been a little bit bittersweet uh, for you, Peter, to um, to see Mullane getting home, now gelded. You, you wanted him back. If he lost his balls, he has. And um, and Mitho just didn't um, didn't let you keep him. And speaking of, well, I mean, could he have timed it any better? The man jumps on uh, on the podcast just as we're talking about Mullane's victory. And um, Mitho, it got out to 350 or so in the on uh, best toe, and, and I see you must have opened the shoulders, or maybe maybe your brother-in-law did. Uh, I'm not sure who had a bet, but um, oh, there's a few boys in the um, in the uh, Rosemont Alliance that uh, don't mind a bash every now and then. So um, Golem was pretty confident. Um, another one uh, beautifully pre-trained by Peter Moody, and um, and you know Golem <laughs> the beneficiary. So um, he's the best pre-trainer in town. Well, certainly in Queensland, anyway. How many others you get up there, Moods, and have had a had a win? Nah, it was good to see him win, and let's hope he fulfills his potential. Because, uh, like we said uh, last week, twelve months prior, we were running him in the Lightning Stakes. Uh, twelve months down the track, as the first start as a gelding, he wins a benchmark seventy-eight. But we're looking to build on that. So, here's Pat's Moody boys, the new addition to the Moody family. He's replaced Bob. Uh, we, lost poor, we lost poor old Bob last year. Pat's joined the team this week, so he's going to help us find a few winners as well. For those wondering, uh, obviously this is an audio medium. For those wondering, uh, we are talking about a dog. Moots um, is holding up the new dog, the new addition to the Moody family. As he stated, welcome, Pat. Welcome to the podcast. 
He's still got a long way to go to be the fifth member here. That We did lose a champion uh, this week. Very elegant, passed away whilst giving birth to her foal. Uh, unfortunately, the foal also didn't make it. And I suppose rather than sort of talk about our favourite very elegant moments, I, I just want to keep it reasonably short and sharp and just ask Boots, you've, I've wondered this for a while. You, when you lose a horse that you sort of have so much to do with and you're so close to, I know Typo and Tracy was one that sprung to mind for you, is it? Is it, what's it, is it like losing a member of your family or is it a little bit removed from that? Or, you know, the, is it the champions you generally get more attached to? Oh, listen, no doubt it, it hits home. Uh, you know, it's a bit like losing, a, you know, a dog or something like that. It's not, listen, let's be realistic. It's not losing a member of the family. But, um, you know, I, I was quite taken back when I was informed very early one morning sitting on the front veranda at Caulfield uh, when Typhoon Tracy had exactly the same thing happen to her and uh, or not exactly the same thing that's right but she caused a lot of internal damage and bled out in about 30 seconds and i was just grateful that she didn't suffer and and we see this in all walks of life but very elegant what a super mare uh, a great mare uh cost me a melbourne cup i wish they had a, uh, not accepted that day because incentivized ran second and uh, my name could have been in the history books but she was an absolute superstar all the way from new zealand through darren weir's yard through chris waller's yard um you know, what was she, a 10, 10 or 11-time Group 1 winner? I think the Melbourne Cup might have been her 10th from memory and, and a hell of a mare. And listen, very sad for all connected. She would have touched a lot of people along the way, both sides of the Tasman. And then uh, and then more importantly, and people don't realise that the staff at the farm where she actually would have been, they would have become very attached to her, even though, uh, even though it only been a very short time, as Anthony would attest to, on the farm down there at Rosemont, um, birthing mares and that... Uh, these boys and girls or men and women, they get quite attached and, and they do feel it and, uh, um, when these things happen. So a very sad time and the fact that she's a high-profile horse probably adds to that, uh, but probably not more so than a lot of uh, mares on different farms all over the length and breadth of the world, you know? Uh, it, it is amazing, Mood, to, uh, just to sort of um, put some context around that. you, it, it, And it doesn't matter if it's very elegant who's won 11 Group 1 races or a mare that battled to win a, a bush maiden. But, um, you know, the, the human connection with the horse, and, and we can see... We can see why um, thoroughbreds are used as therapy around the world for, for people with um, mental health issues and, and anxiety issues um, because they do get very attached to them. And, and um, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful to see, you know, from a, from a farm owner to see your staff get so attached to horses that, um, you know, it doesn't matter if they've won 11 group ones or, 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 or a maiden, they, they're, they're special animals. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're even more special when they've won those 11 group ones. And just as a footnote, um, Rain Man, you might, I, I heard Chris Waller on uh, Melbourne Radio uh, this week talking about Very Elegant. And one of the points he made was that of those 11 Group 1 races, um, they were all different. Bar for, I reckon it was the Wink Stakes that she won twice. Other than that, they were a spread of Group 1 races, which you don't often see. When horses get to that level, they've usually won a couple of Cox Plates and a couple of Maccabi Divas, and they, they, they follow the same, the same roundabout each year. But um, she trod a different path. She was a quirky mare that did things her own way, and um, you know she was she's she's a she's a legend. A couple of weeks' time, I think the uh, very elegant stakes will be run uh, there at Ramwick, and um, we can we can honour her again. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Mitho. Her versatility was 
amazing, really. She won Group 1 races over 1,400 metres, and then she won a, a Melbourne Cup over 3,200 metres in arguably the best performance of her career. I still remember, obviously, uh, we were all on incentivised, cheering incentivised that day, but the way that she just cruised into that race in the Melbourne Cup, about 600 from home, and I thought, well, we're, we're in big trouble here. And uh, she was super, super impressive. Probably the the highest rated Melbourne Cup winner we've had uh, in, in recent years. So, no, she was a, a champion mare. And, uh, yeah, the very elegant stakes will uh, be held uh, in a couple of weeks. And uh, Chris Waller will probably win it with uh, Fangirl. And James McDonald will likely be in the saddle, which I think will be a, a fitting result. Launch your punting plan with the Labbrokes app. Loaded with the best racing features, including bet ticker. See where the big bets land in real time. Yard comments, giving you the on-course insight straight from the parade ring. And Blackbook, add your favourite runners and get notified before they race. Flat broken. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. There's three group ones on in Melbourne this weekend. There's some good racing on in Sydney too. We're just going to touch on one of them. Uh, currently a heavy eight at Rose Hill. Race seven is the group two Millie Fox Stakes. Rayman, take us through the market because we do have a fairly short price favourite. Yeah, the inform Lady Laguna, very fit horse, is the favourite for the Millie Fox Stakes. She's $2.15, last start winner of the Southern Cross Stakes. Chris Waller's got a very strong hand, as he so often does in this race. He's got Sue Gotcha, who is the second favourite at $5. He's also got Vienna Princess, who's $9.50. And he's also got one at double figures, Madame Pomeray, who's a 1,000 guineas winner, who is the horse that does appeal to me from a, a, a betting standpoint. I do think Lady Lagoon is a, a deserving favourite, but she is definitely getting a bit on the short side at $2.15. The fitness edge is key, but I, I do think there are horses in this race that are better horses than Lady Laguna. The question is whether Lady Laguna's fitness edge will prove to be the difference. But Madame Pomeray, two, only two wins from 15 race starts, but she's run some really big races, and she does have a couple of impressive first-up performances as well. So she's drawn ideally from Barrier 5 with Natural Wheeler in the saddle. I think she will take benefit from this run, but I do think that on her day, she's right up there with Sue Gotcha as the best horse in this race. So I want to have something small on Madame Pomeray, $12 to win, $3.10 to place. This is a tough race, but um, for me, Vienna Princess, speaking of the Chris Waller runners, is the second top-rated runner just, gets in with 54 kilos, and obviously Lady Laguna's the top-rated runner is in with, I think, 55 and a half. But, you know, track trip, she ticks boxes. She won the Silver Eagle 2 starts back when she beat Pericles then ran an honourable six in the beaten two lengths in the Golden Eagle. That's the last run of last prep. So first up, it's, yeah, obviously fitness is on the side of Lady Laguna, but I think at $9.50 with Ladbrokes, uh, Vienna Princess represents really good each-way value. And as you touched on, Rayman, Lady Laguna is fit, is an excellent horse, but she's 215. I wouldn't want to be touching that. So I'm going to have an each-way play on Vienna Princess, um, who after two trials will have, you know, obviously some fitness there too. So Vienna Princess for me. I'm thinking just uh, sticking with the strength and the form uh, stable uh, all autumn, to be perfectly honest, and that's uh, Gay and Adrian. Um, thrown in the deep end a bit, uh, how good you are, but I see the market's founder at $11. Um, coming off her first up performance, uh, ran fourth in a benchmark 78. You're thinking, well, what are you doing tipping it in a group race? But um, it was on a on a wet track, and, and all all this horse's form has been on, on, on a good track. So I'm going to go the progressive horse, out of the in-form, on-fire stable, how good you are, number 11, each way. Just a bit of a tr trick, 
here punters on the weekend. Uh, it's a heavy eight at the moment, Rose Hill, so I'm not sure of the forecast and how far the rain-affected track, so it probably lends itself to the horses that are a bit rock-hard and fit. Lady Laguna is, fits that bill, but she's not overly adapt on wet conditions. She has some wet track form, so certainly something to bear in mind. But then it's hard to find something away from her that actually loves soft ground. Uh, you know, the, the uh, reliable man filly maybe from... Uh, the uh, Joe Pride stable, uh, Le- Levate, maybe, Levate, I'm not, not 100% sure. It's two twice a winner on the soft, but it's failed five times on the heavy. Um, yeah, listen, I'm, I'm just struggling to find the right horse here and how the track conditions will play out. I think Zugotcha is the best horse in the race, and if the track doesn't prove to a good surface, I think she's the one to beat. But I just keep that variable there. If the track does remain wet, maybe look for something rock hard and fit uh, as you fancy. Let's move down to Group 1 racing, and that is in Melbourne. Three Group 1s. We're going to go in race book order here. So we're going to kick off with the Futurity Stakes, Raymond, and take us through the market and um, and give us your tip. But I've got a rough idea of where you might go. Yeah, no surprises here, Rog. We've got a very short price favourite in this race. Mr. Brightside is $1.50 on the back of his first up win in the CF4 stakes. Attrition on the second line of betting at $8.50. Nugget is first up for Kieran Maher, $10. Bit of early money for Pericles, who is $11. But uh, I'm not tipping against Mr. Brightside anymore. He's a horse that I continually find a way to tip against, and he continually finds a way to win. He's just a winner. Caulfield, 100, Caulfield 1,400 metres suits him perfectly. He's undefeated at this track and distance, four from four. I think he's going to be extremely tough to beat. I'm, I'm happy to play a little same race multi here just to uh, – to, because I think there's some value to be found here. I do like Mr. Brightside to win. I like attrition to run top three, the Turak Handicap winner, who I, I think is an underrated horse. Uh, I'm not saying he can beat Mr. Brightside, but I think he can run well. I think Buffalo River will be in the race for a long way as well. I like him to run top four. So you have a little same race multi. Mr. Brightside to win, attrition to run top three, Buffalo River to run top four. That'll get you $7.50 with Ladbrokes. You pop Brightside and he wins. He's the reverse Cascadian for you, Rain Man. Uh, <laughs> wait for age, 1,400 metres. Caulfield, less than a banner field for a group one. Mr. Brightside, every single second of every single day for me. I will not hear of him getting beaten here. I think $1.50 take the money and run. Yeah, I, there's, there, you, this will be short and sharp from me. Uh, as long as Moose has raced at Sandown's been run and won, I think it has. I think the uh, I think the half-brother to um, Hansi Attic might have got the prize and beaten Moose's horse there, but um, just another plug for Rosemont Stallion. <laughs> They keep coming thick and fast, but uh, yeah, Mr. Brightside wins in a in a jog trot here. Listen, very very hard to um, tip against Mr. Brightside, isn't he? Uh, as Rod's touched on, wait for age fourteen hundred at Caulfield. I, I, the only thing is, as a trainer, I would just throw a little curveball out there with him and Buffalo River. That was pretty brutal uh, in the Ore Stakes the other day. Um, Mr. Brightside can probably still be slightly off his top. I reckon, and win it. But, uh, you know, it, it was a pretty brutal race, uh, the way it was run and won. And uh, Brightside and Buffalo River both had extremely tough runs. But, listen, try and find one to beat them. Is a, is a horse like Attrition, has he got the quality to be mixing it with them? Uh, listen, I don't know. He's probably the only curveball for me. But you can't tip against Mr. Brightside. But just be mindful, taking a fifty a horse off that hard first up run, and backing it up 14 days later. I know he's done it 
a hell of a lot of times before, but has he done it off quite quite such a hard run first up? Just be mindful of that. Let's move on to the Blue Diamond Stakes. It is the feature race in essence of the day. Certainly it is known as Blue Diamond Stakes Day. Uh, Rain Man, it's a high quality race by the look of it this year. You'd like to think we'll get some very good horses going coming out of this moving forward. What's the market telling us at the moment? Yeah, I love the Blue Diamond Stakes, Roger. I think you're absolutely right. It is a banner edition of the race in 2024. The favourite is Coleman from the Matt Laurie stable. Really good piece on Ludbroke social media channels about Coleman and Matt Laurie at the moment as well. Lady of Camelot for Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Botts on the second line of betting at $4.80. Team Snowden have got Bodyguard, five fifty High Octane, who was very unlucky last start at $7.00. And then our own Peter Moody has an easer there at $12. I think this is a, a really high-quality addition of the Blue Diamond Stakes. Uh, Coleman has done nothing wrong so far, has been very, very impressive. But there's been one trainer, or one stable, I should say, that has been dominating the two-year-old races in Sydney. And now they come to Melbourne with Lady of Camelot. That is, of course, the Gabe Waterhouse and Adrian Botyard, who have got... Basically, in the Golden Slipper market, they've got five of the top ten. I think they can win the Blue Diamond here with Lady of Camelot, who was a bit unlucky for on debut in the Gimcrack Stakes and then last start in the Widden Stakes, one by three lengths uh, in an absolute canter, went straight to the front in typical Gay Waterhouse fashion and uh, proved very tough to run down. It'll go forward with Adam Hieronymus in the stable. I just think Lady of Camelot still does have some improvement left in it, so, and I want to be with the informed stable. So Lady of Camelot on top for me. I think Stay Focused is an interesting horse. $17 to win, $4.80 the place with Ladbrokes. It was very well backed um, in the Blue Diamond prelude uh, last start and raced a little bit greenly, uh, still finished a good second. Has drawn barrier 15, so we'll need a little bit of luck, but I think it's one to include in your multiples. And then Hayasugi for Clint McDonald uh, won the, the Phillies prelude that day as well. Uh, two from two, this preparation. Jamie Carr in the saddle. I think it's been a little bit underrated by the market. It's $19 to win, $5 to play. So Lady of Camelot on top for me. I'll be throwing Stay, stay Focus and Hayasugi into your multiples. Look, the default for me, because I'm biased, and it's like having a football team to back for, is to always go with the, the moody runner. Um, but I just thought there was a lot of merit in that last start run, and moods will obviously go into a deeper but second to Coleman, who's come up favourite, she got too far back. No horse made ground that day. She worked home really well. Things will play out differently here in a bigger field. It'll be a higher pressure race on Saturday, but it looks an ideal draw. Again, Moods will give his thoughts on that. Um, you know, th this is going to be a class race moving forward, I, I believe. But um, I'm with Anisa because I, I thought there was a bit more. I thought I thought she was there was a really good run she had in the chairmans, and, and I think we'll see the best of her on Saturday. And uh, Moody on the mic will become a blue diamond winning podcast. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a bloody good race, isn't it? Um, and plenty of form lines crashing together here. And um, oh, I tell you what, you're getting great value about uh, I'm talking from a Rosemont point of view. And everyone will be like, "Why do they like shut up?" But we do have a runner in it. And there is no way she deserves to be 100 to 1 in the Ladbrokes market. Um, she's had one start for a win. She beat the Colts, um, albeit, you know, Wednesday grade two-year-old. But that was always the plan. She, We felt she was actually up to running in the prelude, um, you know, the preludes and the previews. But um, 
uh, took the low road thinking, well, hopefully she can win enough prize money at Sandown on a Wednesday to get into the race. We were nearly gazumped. We, we just got in, got the last spot in the race. Um, she's not she's not the stupidest hundred to one shot that you could have a dollar each way on. Um, but if you want my tip, I, I think I, I'm with you, Roger. I reckon the Coleman race and these are, you know, it's, it's a good form race. I think Coleman is a rising star. Um, you know, all these Sydney Colts that everyone wants to blurt on about. Um, I'll tell you what, Coleman will give, give them some curry when he gets uh, up north, uh, deeper into his campaign. But I think he can he can win from the nice draw. Um, ben Mallam up. Um, yeah, I, 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 I like Coleman and I'll have a saver on Anisa and I'll be having five bucks each way on our own horse flyer. Yeah, terrific race. A lot of different form lines to marry up here, isn't there? Um... I think, Mitho, your form line with Flyer, it's going to be tested tomorrow evening at Packham, so that's going to give you a little probably guide to how your filly's going to measure up in slightly better grade and how that form plays out tomorrow, although it be in a Packham maiden. Uh, these maidens are basically the same as uh, your average races at the moment outside of your group ones, obviously, like a Blue Diamond. Um, listen, for me, uh, I'm very pleased with Anisa. She goes into the great race in great order. She needs to find a couple of lengths, and I know she is open to that improvement as well. I suppose it comes down to how much a horse like Coleman does improve also uh, off his very uh, good win the other day. I'm not taking anything away from him. But personally, I think the one they've all got to beat's bodyguard. I, I thought he played with his opposition in the Colts race last week. Uh, drawn gate six, big race rider Mark Zahr on board. I think he's the one they've got to beat, uh, the three bodyguard. Great respect for Gay and Adrian in uh, bringing down Lady of Camelot. They've just dominated the Sydney two-year-old scene. You know she's going to be in it for a long way. Uh, first time Caulfield. She's probably going to be in front at the 200. Uh, and she looks super in the wooden stakes. And I think uh, she's going to be very hard to beat. So, But for me, seeing is believing. And I thought Col uh, Bodyguard was unbelievably dominant. And I think he's the one we have to beat. But there's not many in the race that would surprise you. Uh, so I'll go bodyguard on top and, and include my filly Anisa for a multiple, uh, I think, uh, all day uh, from the good draw. If she can hold a spot in the first five or six and, and dash like we know she can on balancing, I think she'll give herself every chance. But bodyguard, the one to beat the three. Let's go now to one of my favourite races of the year, the Oakley Plates. And Rayman, it's... Not a vintage edition of the Oakley Plate, but uh, give us the market and your thoughts. Oh, it may not be a vintage edition, Rog, but still an outstanding betting raise as it is every single year. The Oakley Plate, King's Gambit, is the favourite, the three-year-old. He's at $4.20. As Fora on the second line of betting at $5.50. Good support early. The early market mover with Ludbrokes is Sharipa, who's into $9. They got Benedetta there at $10. King's Gambit's a horse that really does intrigue me because he's always had at a huge amount of uh, potential. And his last start win uh, before he was sent to the, the paddock in the spring was in a really impressive victory in the Roman Consul Stakes. And that form stacked up in a big way because he beat Osmosis that day, who then went on to, to win the Coolmore Stud Stakes. So he's a, I think in this field, we, we sort of know the level of a lot of these sprinters. While King's Gambit is the, the horse I do think has the upside to go to another level. So he is the favourite at $4.20, but I definitely want to have something else, something on him. And the other horse I want to have something on at a, at a big price is one of our favourites on the podcast, and that is Chain of Lightning, who's 
$26 the win, $6.50 the place. We know she loves Caulfield, three from six at the venue. We know she goes really well first up, has not missed a placing first up and two wins uh, from, from the four starts. So I think this is the, the right sort of group one race for her. And I think at those knockout odds, I want to have something on our old favourite, Chain of Lightning. She hasn't got a jockey nominated yet, Moods. Is she, um, is she definitely going to run Chain of Lightning? Uh Carlo and Heffel engaged to ride. Linda Meach did have the ride, but unfortunately got suspended. So uh, Carlo and Heffel steps into the breach there. I tell you what's quite amazing, and uh, we've had a lot of luck with Carlo. But uh, you look at jockey options when you get to fifty-three and a half, and uh, they uh, they thin out very very quickly when you've committed to one, and the others all take a ride. And not even many of our in the old days, the the apprentices used to all fill in the the lightweights, but 53 and a half, you'd, you'd think you'd get three quarters of the jockey's room. Now you get about five, option of about five riders. What's the what's the thinking first up here, Merge? And, and Rayman, you might be able to chime in here. Uh, there's a few first up. What's the record of horses winning the Oakley Plate first up? Uh, listen, from my perspective, my horse has a very good first up record. Uh, runs fresh well, runs at the track well. Has she got the class to win an Oakley Plate? I would have doubted it, but in saying that, she's one of five horses in this race that is rated above 100. So if she's ever going to knock off one of these good sprints first up, that's why we're having a, a look at the race and a throw at the stumps here. Um, you know, when, when the majority of the field are rated below 100. So, uh, you know, that's hence the reason she's taking a place. Uh, we were going to look at a softer option later next week, but decided, well, if that's the case for a group one, we'll have a shot. Uh, look, I'm not going to completely rule out Asfura, but I thought she was a little bit disappointing last start. Maybe she's slightly below group one level, but as I mentioned, this is, you know, I'm not saying she can't win, and this isn't a vintage edition of the race. I'm siding with you, Roman. I thought King's Gambit showing in limited starts, you know, absolute quality horse, very short spring, just two starts, but won that group two Roman console as well, 100 second up in impressive style. He looks thrown in here 50 kilos, and Jamie Carr in the saddle. Um, yeah, I think four bucks, King's Gambit, I'll, um, I'll be having something on that. It's a great race. It'll, it'll be it's it's a fun race, isn't it? Because it does bring together. It gives it gives horses that perhaps aren't the rolled gold rock star group ones a bit of a chance at a group one because it's because of the weight. Brooklyn point. Hustle. Um, what's that? Are we still? Do we still remember Brooklyn Hustle's effort in the in the Oakley Plate a few years? She should have won by a lap, Rod. She should have won by a lap. <laughs> well, I was just actually, I yeah. was just trying to look it up, Ray Man. Was she? I reckon she was first up, wasn't she? She was first up. Yeah. She ran fourth. No luck in running. She gets out fifty meters clear as she wins in, in a canter. It's a yeah. good thing, Lit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and that was uh, Dean Lester's plan all the way. He 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 planned that 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 whole thing. He said. Make sure you get the you'll get a low weight. You'll be first up. She's a bomb fresh, um, and I, and and the reason I asked that question, I was just trying to remind myself. I reckon I reckon Dino's theory was that it's a good fresh horses race. So um, for that reason, fifty kilos, King's Gambit um, gets his chance to win a Group One, and um, he's a quirky horse. He's a bit of a hot horse. Um, He's going to have to go in the barriers nice and early out of uh, barrier one and going to have to contend with that. Um, and first up fresh scares the hell out of me. So I'll be halving my bet um, if I have one at all. But um, for one of a tip, um, yeah, all, all irresistible combination, the Jamie Carr, 50 kilos, um, you know, speed horse, fast horse, um, has one fresh before. So um, King's Gambit for a tip. 
Yeah, no, it is going to test his mettle, isn't it, Anthony? Like you said, he's going to be in the gates a good while. He's going to be need more luck than the first explorers from gate one. You would see him probably two or three pairs back the fence, and he is he's going to need a bit of luck. I tell you what, Shane and Cassie Oxlade from South Australia, don't they need a wrap for what they've achieved in the last uh, couple of months with their horses, Sharipper and um, uh, the other horse just escapes me at the, at, at the moment, uh, Q-Men uh, down the bottom there, uh, both in great form, and I'm sure they'll give the, the South Aussies a great sight. It, it, it's a hard race again. You're going to see probably three lengths, you know, first to tenth here and, and, and something uh, unlucky out the back. So... My mare, Chain of Lightning, like I said, uh, she's a Group 2 winner, hence the reason we're having a throw at the stumps in a Group 1. Uh, listen, she may be outclassed, but a record fresh and at the track suggests that we need to have a throw at the stumps. So she's drawn to probably get a good run midfield wide and hopefully be unimpeded. The speed's going to be on. It's going to be an absolute cracker. And that's where, uh, you know, if they do open up when they get a bit tired, King's Gambit might be able to pinch a gap. Um, I feel you like Benedetta, probably a little bit in the chain of lightning sort of category, striving to win a Group 1. Only one Group 1 runner winner in this race this year is Skew If, the New Zealand mayor. Is she going to be sharp enough at 1,100 metres? A uh, bit of a question mark there. And as for her record at the track and trip, uh, even though her first up run against uh, maybe a distinctive bias that day, you know, I don't think you can rule her out as being the highest rated horse in the race as well. So... Uh, listen, I know it's three three uh, shows back into the autumn team, but I'm not going to pot anyone for having a tip in this race. I'm throwing a pineapple at you and uh, chain of lightning each way, uh, hopefully for myself. Uh, as a record suggests, she might be able to, but luck plays a massive part. I'll, I'll enjoy sitting back and watching it, and I'll be watching the grey mare chain of lightning will ha- have my biggest interest in the race. <laughs> Launch your punting plan with the Labbrokes app. Loaded with the best racing features, including Bet Ticker, Yard Comment, and Blackfoot. Labbroken. What's gambling really costing you? Best bets time. Moody on the mic while we're going to kick it off with Rayman's Kiwi Corner. You're off uh, across the Tasman yet again, Rayman. I am focusing on New Zealand uh, for Ataki Mary Classic Day on Saturday. The feature race is the Group 1. You've got it. A lot of really well-credentialed horses and horses we've seen in Australia before, like Egan, uh, Ladies' Man, who came out over for the spring, La Creek. But I think the horse to beat, and this horse has been a bit of a revelation, this preparation, is Desert Lightning. Uh, has recorded three wins from four race starts, this preparation. Uh, won the, the Group 1 Classic at, at Trentnum. And then last start on Cracker Moons Day, uh, beat Legado, the, the boom mare who won the Australian Guineas last year, in really impressive fashion. So we're well, hoping we'll see Desert Lightning in Australia for the All-Star Mile. And I think he'll be winning this Group 1 race uh, on Saturday on the way through. So that's uh, race seven, number one, Desert Lightning. I am with uh, Revolutionary Miss, who got the job done last weekend uh, when... Uh, that was three wins from our last four starts. The only miss uh, was the third one, Samana, in the Magic Millions Cup. Uh, that form was franked last week, not only with Revolutionary Miss, but Samana also won again, my best bet. Uh, Vagrant and Shuffle Dancer are the dangers, but uh, a mare in form uh, and a winner as well, around $4. She is a bet for mine. So uh, that is Revolutionary Miss, which is in the last of Corford, race 10 at number one. For the Snowdens, who have got a very strong hand at the Heath on Saturday, they could have a dead set day out. Mitho. Uh, yeah, I'll go to Caulfield. Moods can elaborate, but um, race four, the Zedative Stakes, first up, Legacies. Um, she uh, she had 
uh, an indifferent spring, to be fair. Probably didn't live up to our expectations, but she just never came right. She never came right. The coach, she was um, just didn't. It was as though she didn't want to be there, Moods, and he can elaborate on that. But um, she looks a picture of health uh, in the autumn, and there are horses that just want to be autumn horses or they want to be spring horses, and you throw the other season at them, and um, they'll throw you uh, the great big pineapple up the backside. So um, I reckon autumn horse. Had a dollar away on my old favourite glitter and gold too in the Tawny Cup on Friday night at 21 bucks for Lindsay Smith, who won the Cup for us a couple of weeks ago. Have a loyalty bet for anyone that followed us in there at Colin. Uh, have something on uh, good old glitter and gold. Right. Uh, well, uh, a few runners for the boutique stable this weekend, actually. Uh, and uh, we kick off in race two, uh, horse number. Well, we've got actually three in the race, but Foxicon will take her place Friday night where I think she can run very competitive. The four Nunthorpe will take her place in a stakes race in Adelaide on Saturday, so they'll both be withdrawn. And the 10 Brereton will be withdrawn Friday night at Mooney Valley to take on this slightly harder race, but from a better draw. And I thought he was super first up, although running sixth at Mooney Valley in an unsuitable 9.55. So I think he's an excellent each-way chance in race two. Across to the Armanasco, we've got our very good filly, Autumn Angel, resuming uh, in the uh, this race. She's drawn gate four. Probably a little bit akin to Molly Nickers last weekend. I think she can win the race, but uh, she will improve with the run. And if it's run as brutal as the Molly Nickers race last week, she might just be found out condition-wise. If it's run a bit softer and she can hold a position midfield, I think she'll give you a hell of a sight, Autumn Angel, in the third. Across to the Zedative. And Mitho was very kind there. He's uh, not one to pot jockeys. He takes everything on his chin. Uh, no one has bad luck. But let's be honest, Jamie Carr barbecued legacies on more than one occasion last preparation. Uh, hence, the filly didn't come up. But Mitho wouldn't allow himself to say that. He'll pot the shit out of all other jockeys except for Jamie. And I hope uh, after she rode her brilliantly first up, then barbecued her twice post that. And we blame the horse, not the jockey. And in any other case, we blame the jockey, not the horse. She is in great form, this Mayor Legacies. I think if she can repeat a first-up run of the spring where she ran second to V8, uh, V8 would probably be a short-price favourite in this on his Australia Stakes run and his All Stakes run. So it probably just comes down to a horse like Brave Mead if he gets it too soft up near the speed and a few others. It's a good race. She's a lone filly in it. But I think from a soft draw midfield, if she can sort of sit two or three lengths off them, She'll present as the winner at some stage and run very well. Uh, then we skip across uh, all the way to the Blue Diamond. We'll touch on Anisa. She goes there in great order. Plain and simple, she's just got to be good enough. Uh, and it is a high-quality race. Likewise, again, in the Oakley Plate, Chain of Lightning. Uh, she's chasing that elusive Group 1 on a resume. Is she good enough? Arguable. But I think she can still run extremely well. And then we round it out in the Mannerism Stakes. Um, where Roger's best bet, Revolutionary Miss, um, narrowly beat uh, Forbidden City last start at Flemington. And you might recall, got a dream run. Both fillies backing up here. I think Forbidden City might get a better run than Revolutionary Miss this week and might get the opportunity to turn the tables. And her younger full sister, Shuffle Dancer, resumes in the same race. She's in great order. She's a quality mare, group winning mare. And I think she can give a great sight as well. But probably they all have to beat Vagrant, who's in great form uh, with D Lane on board from one alley. But uh, I think Forbidden City gets a chance to uh, get a bit more black type on a resume. My best for the weekend. Uh, listen, bloody hard. 
from where I sit. Uh, I think I've got a great multitude of each-way chances. Follow the team each-way all day. But uh, I've probably got a plump for legacies in the Zenit of Stakes as the best runner from the camp this weekend. Race four, number 11, I think she'll give you a very good sight. So uh, each way, all day, the team, Oakley Plate Day. We saw the fast horses in the Lightning last week. They didn't use their speed until the last uh, 300 metres when we saw Private Eye and Imperatrice dominate. But I tell you what, I reckon it'll be handlebars down and flat to the boards in the Oakley Plate, one of the great Australian handicap uh, sprints. Good luck, good punting. Let fast horses run fast. Let broke it.